All right, guys, so question of the day is, is the decline of fathers staying in the house affecting America? I know it's been a while since uh, I posted my last podcast, but I've been writing a bunch of ideas for my next ones. Actually, I'm working on one right now for Black Lives Matter, the organization, which is really interesting if you research it. So the decline of fathers in the households, let's talk about it. So how many children are without a father in America right now? Well, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, 19.7 million children, more than one in four, live without a father in the home. Consequently, there is a father factor in nearly all social ill-facings of America today. So, how about we check out fathers.com? More than 20 million children live in a home without the physical presence of a father. Millions more have dads who are physically present, but emotionally absent. If it were classified as a disease, fatherlessness would be an epidemic worthy of attention as a national emergency. All right, so how does the absence of fathers connect to children? How does it affect them? Well, children without fathers are more prone to childhood obesity, gang involvement, mental health issues, poor school performance, poverty and homelessness, and substance abuse. That was according to mnpsych.org. And according to allforkids.org, states with lower percentages of single-parent families on average had had lower rates of juvenile crime. State-by-state analysis indicated that, in general, a 10% increase in the, fam- in the number of children living in single-parent homes, including divorces, accompanied a 17% increase in juvenile crime. Delinquency and youth crime, including violent crime, 85% of youth in prison have an absent father. father- fatherless children are more likely to offend and go to jail as adults. So we can see here not having a father does impact the outcome of the children. It affects the crime they do. It affects how they live, their weight, their mental state. But how does this affect America? And more specifically, how does this affect black Americans? Well, black fathers being absent is a high number. As of 2009, 67% grew up without a father in the house. In 2018, 65% of kids grew up without a father in the house. That's according to datacenter.kidscount.org. All right, and the black crime rate, 53.1% in homicide and 54.3% in robbery. They commit over half the crime in those two areas. And that's from the FBI. So is it really white people holding black Americans down? Or is it the lack of fathers? Let's keep looking at the statistics. So poverty of single mother households. We're going to read some uh, stats from Statista.com. In 2011, 39% of single households held by black single mothers were in poverty. And during the Obama era, poverty for single black mothers stayed in the high 30s. While in the Trump era from 2016 to 2018, 31.6%, 30.8%, 
and of, as 2018, 29.4%, a steady decline. So, according to PovertyUSA.org, in 2018, 10.6% of men and 12.9% of women lived in Poverty USA. Along the same lines, the poverty rate for married couples in 2018 was only 4.7%, but the poverty rate for single-parent families with no wife present was 12.7, and for single-parent families with no husband present was 24.9%. So we see here that families without a father in the house are more likely to be in poverty as well. So we can tell that the family unit does work because you have two providers and you have two income. You have someone to teach the kids the valuable lessons and someone to also protect. So not to say that single mothers can't protect or provide their kids, you know, but it's obvious that a lot of them do struggle. My mom actually, for example, grew up with um, a single mother and she lived in poverty for most of her life. My dad grew up in a divorced household with his mom and dad separated and his life wasn't that good either. So while we're talking about providers for families, let's look at the unemployment rates for black community. The unemployment rate of black people from 2010 to 2019. So 2010 it was 15.5%, 2011 was 15.4%, 2012 was 14 2013 was 11.9%, 2014 was 10.6%, 2015, 8.5%, 2016, 7.9%, 2017, 6.7%, 2018, 6.6%, and 2019, 59 Actually, under the Trump administration, Black unemployment has been at its lowest. Before Corona, obviously. After the riots in Corona, May experienced a 16.8% unemployment rate. That was according to databls.gov. So what was making the unemployment so hard and uh, high in the first place? Uh, Well, I would say a lot of it goes to credit the welfare. So for those of you who don't know what welfare is, It's, according to Google, they define it as financial support given to people in need and financial or other assistance to individual or family from a city, state, or national government. And welfare was established in 1935. Uh, President Franklin D. Roosevelt focused mainly on creating jobs for the masses of unemployment workers. He also backed the idea of federal aid for poor children and other dependent persons. So, let's look at women on welfare, all right? So, according to CA.gov, 90% of welfare recipients are single mothers. Uh, In 1980, it was only 12.5 for black people on welfare. Welfare. By 2009, it was 14.9%. You can go look at nces.ed.gov for those. And then by 2014, 37.6% of African Americans were on welfare and were single-parent households. Only 13.9% were two-parent households. And of, and of all that, 
93.8% of women were single households that were on welfare. So 62% of men were from single households and 40.4% uh, graduated from high school and are in single households. And you can go check out bls.gov for those. So why does welfare cause unemployment? Well, the answer to that is because it encourages people not to work. It encourages people to rely on the government for the money and all the basic necessities they need. They don't have to work, and that's what it's basically telling them. So I'm going to read a few paragraphs from heritage.org, and it kind of gives a good idea of why welfare is doing these things. So it says, Encouraging women to leave husband and support themselves. When compared with children in intact married homes, children raised by single parents are more likely to have emotional and behavioral problems by physically be physically abused, smoke, drink, use drugs, be aggressive, engage in violent, delinquent, and criminal behavior, have poor school performance, be expelled from school, and drop out of high school. Many of these negative outcomes are associated with higher poverty rates of single mothers. In many cases, however, the improvements, of, uh, the improvements in child well-being that are associated with marriage persist even after adjusting for differences in family income. This indicates that the father brings more to his home than just a paycheck. Finally, the decline of marriage contributes to declining, uh, to declining self-sufficiency and increased official poverty in future generations. Children living in single-parent homes are 50% more likely to experience official poverty as adults when compared with children from intact married homes. Um, and then it says, this intergenerational poverty effect, uh, effect persists even after adjusting for the original differences in family income and poverty during childhood. Prior to the, uh, prior to the mid-1960s, nearly all children were born to married couples. When the war on poverty began in 1964, only 7% of children were born to unmarried women. However, over the next four and a half decades, the share of non-marital births exploded. In 2013, 41% of all children born in the U.S. were born outside marriage. There has been no significant increase in the number of married couple families with children in the U.S. since 1965. By contrast, the number of single-parent families with children has skyrocketed by nearly 10 million, rising from 3.3 million in 1965 to 13.2 million in 2012. Since single-parent families are roughly four times more likely to lack self-sufficiency and be officially poor, this unraveling of family structure has exerted a powerful downward pull against self-sufficiency and substantially boosted the official child poverty rate. When the war on poverty began, 36% of poor families with children were headed by single parents. Today, the figure is 68%. Welfare state has promoted single parenthood in two ways. First, means-tested welfare programs, such as those described above, financially enable single parenthood. 
It is difficult for single mothers with a high school degree or less to support children without the aid of another parent. Means-tested welfare programs substantially reduce this difficulty by providing extensive support to single parents. Welfare, therefore, reduces the financial need for marriage. Since the beginning of the war on poverty, less educated mothers have increasingly become married to welfare state and to the U.S. taxpayer rather than to a father of their children. As means-tested benefits expanded, welfare began to serve as a substitute for a husband in the home, and a low-income marriage began to disappear. As fathers left the home, the need for more welfare to support single mothers increased. The war on poverty created a destructive feedback loop. Welfare promoted the decline of marriage, which generated a need for more welfare. I personally would suggest you guys read that whole thing. Those were just a few paragraphs, and it was actually really interesting to read and to find out about. So then I have a screenshot here from the fatherhood.org and it's just saying uh for poverty it's four times greater if you don't have a father in the house for teen pregnancy you're seven times more likely behavior problems you're more likely to have those child abuse more likely to have that and then mom child health two times greater risk of infant mortality jeez Substance abuse, you're more likely. Incarceration, you're more likely. Child obesity, obesity, two times more likely. Crime, you're definitely more likely. And education, you're two times more likely to drop out. So, like I was trying to say before, we need to focus on these actual problems that nobody else wants to talk about. All the news wants to talk about is blaming white people for black people's oppression. When it's actually things like this, like the fathers not staying in the home, you know, what was it? 67% in 2009 grew up without a home. In 2018, 65% of kids grew up without a father in the home. And then they want to wonder why the incarceration rate is so high. Well, it's higher because you don't have a father here to teach you what's right and wrong. Like, yes, your mother, she can do that. I know for sure that she can do that. But I think it means more to kids when they have a father in their house. They have less behavioral issues as well. I'm not saying that all black people are bad. I'm not saying that all black people cause crime. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm just saying that with all the issues in America right now, we should be focusing on the big problematic ones. Once you resolve the big ones a lot of the other issues go away. And when those issues go away, whatever is left, you take care of it after that. But right now we need to work on other things. We need to work on the fathers leaving the house. We need to work on the abortion rates because there's there's millions of black babies getting aborted every year. Nobody wants to talk about that. We need to talk about the child, the selling of children. Okay, because that's a big issue and nobody wants to talk about it. It's disgusting. Child trafficking is disgusting. We need to take care of that as well. There are so many other important issues that America needs to talk about right now. And nobody is talking about them. Nobody wants to talk about them because that's not what the news brings up. That's not the issues they want to care about. 
They don't want to resolve what's actually hurting America. They don't care. And you know, America's making me want to cry right now. It truly, truly is. Because you see all these issues right now. You see all this tension between races, specifically white and blacks. You see these race wars that are trying to be set up. And you see the hypocrisy from the news. You know, Trump had a rally, what was it, the 20th? And the news was shaming him for that. And you know what? An hour before they were shaming Trump for his rallies, they were saying it's okay to go out and protest in the thousands. Not even social distancing. Not even wearing masks. You know, there's no common sense to these things. I'm going to have a friend on probably Wednesday, and we're going to talk about the coronavirus stuff. But honestly, I think it's political. It really is. Because coronavirus, yes, it can spread way more easily. But the flu is way more deadlier. It's way deadlier. You've, if this is the case, if we get to set, shut down the whole economy, if we get to shut down everything because of that, then we get to shut it down for the flu. We get to shut it down for every other sickness. I'm tired of people trying to rewrite history. I'm tired of people trying to say that all white people are bad. It's so sad. It really is. It makes me want to cry. And I'm trying my best by doing these podcasts. I'm doing my best by trying to spread awareness of the actual issues in America, but nobody's going to listen. Hardly anybody will go out and do anything about it. They'll be like, yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't agree. You're racist. You're not racist. Whatever. Nothing in America is going to change unless we start doing something about it. Because all I see right now is mobs tearing down our statues and rewriting it. Oh, shoot, I forgot. I'd even answered the question of the day. It's probably an obvious answer from what I've just said. But yes, the decline of the father in the households is definitely affecting America. And just because there's a lot of black people incarcerated does not mean it's systemic racism, because that doesn't exist. It doesn't mean because white people are privileged. That doesn't exist either. It's because of this. Fathers are not staying in a household, and they can't teach their kids right from wrong. The unemployment rates, they're going down, but they're still unemployed. Poverty is still poverty. We need to do our best to help each other and stop judging everyone by their color, okay? It's time for America to go colorblind and start actually doing something. It's time for us to actually start standing up for what we believe in and for fighting against the actual injustice, okay? Thank you.